Yo, it's your boy Mikey. Before we get into the second part of NFL's worst free agent signings of all times, I want to welcome you and invite you to our new podcast, New England Patriots Sports Rundown, on Anchor FM Podcast, and soon it'll be available on multi-platforms. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and keep subscribing. Please leave an Apple review Apple iTunes review, I don't care if it's a good review, bad review, but I must be doing something right if I was allowed to do a second broadcasting podcast. The second one is going to be strictly New England Patriots, NFL rumors, NFL news, NFL fuckery, let you know who's keeping it real and who's not. But let's get into this NFL's worst free agent signings of all time. It's your boy, Mikey. You are listening to Can We Keep It Real? Worst free agent signings of all times. How can we not have worse free agent signings than not having David Boston on the list? I think they thought he was going to be so high, the expectations, but they thought San Diego, this is what they really needed. He had all problems with drugs, attitudes. He was getting hurt. He ended up being a down-out bust. David Boston, he, they figured he had a lot of talent on the field. But he just couldn't seem to get it done. But David Boston might have had one or two great years with the Arizona Cardinals. So you really thought he was going to be a special receiver. That he was going to be as good as anyone. From 2000 and 2002, he was going to be a good future star in the NFL. But Boston's market value, the 2003 season, San Diego Chargers signed him to a seven-year deal worth like $47 million. Like, I think they even gave him like $12 million guaranteed. Like, oh my God. And of course, like every big signing like that, giving him $12 million, who could have thought he would have only played one year? David Boston struggled immediately as a San Diego Charger, and everyone thought he had a good future, but it became a disaster so fast. He was not mature, he was immature, he was a little biatch. Teammates didn't like him, he's sleeping in meetings, he had no focus at all. It was said that David Boston was doing drugs, he was into trouble all the time, he just couldn't get it going. You figure with all that money. And his father, I believe, is an official in the NFL. But San Diego was not thinking they were going to get this when they signed him. Yeah, I remember some of the passes that were thrown to David Boston, and he would admit later on that he had bad hands. How do you be a future number one receiver and you have bad hands? He couldn't catch. You spent all that money. He became a problem for San Diego. They had to let him go. We gotta put Jeff Garcia, a three-time Pro Bowler with the 49ers. He was at one time one of the NFL's hottest hits before the 2004 season. He seemed like a good quarterback for San Fran. And he was an overachiever, so leave San Fran going to the Browns. 
He probably led a great comeback in playoff history against the Giants, I believe. And at the time, the Browns were looking for somebody veteran. So he struck gold with $25 million. Damn, Cleveland's always getting burnt. But put him in that Browns uniform and you got the Cleveland curse. They couldn't get anything going. Garcia had no rhythm. He couldn't get the offense going. He would have been better off his career as a backup quarterback, holding a clipboard. But you can't give him all the money to be a starting quarterback, all the money that the Browns, since the Browns returned, look at all the quarterback, Couch, Spurgeon, Doug Peterson, Jeff Garcia, Manziel. Garcia didn't even last one season with the Browns. They kicked him to the curb like after 10 games. They said, hit the bricks, buddy. You got to go. And the Browns got, after he left the Browns, he took the Eagles to the playoffs. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. People would say he was a good quarterback. And he was on lousy teams, lousy quarterbacks. But Cleveland is a quarterback-killing team, bub. Thanks for listening to Can We Keep It Real. If you want to contact us, hit us up at canwekeepitreal40 at gmail.com. Go to Apple iTunes, leave a review. We're back. Can We Keep It Real, sports edition. We're talking about the worst free agent signings in NFL history. Now, we already heard about Garcia, David Boston, Emmitt Smith, Amon Green. Who else is going to be on the list? Neil O'Donnell, the New York Jets. As a franchise quarterback and Neil O'Donnell, they really don't go hand-in-hand together. The Jets were trying to get rid of an old-ass Boomer Esiason that really couldn't play anymore. So get rid of Boomer and give Jeff Neil O'Donnell all the money. His fortune came on the hand of two interceptions. But the Jets saw him... For two of the worst interceptions that any quarterback has ever probably had of all time. But O'Donnell threw it right to the damn defender. Loses the Super Bowl. And now he's the guy with the Jets. Neil O'Donnell would say he came back to the Jets because it was a great challenge. A great opportunity. I don't think the Jets thought he was a decent quarterback. But I think they thought he was a decent quarterback. The Jets was terrible. They had to do something. They had Bubba Brista. Boomer was still on the team. Frank Wright was on the team back in 95. So anybody coming in was going to be better than what they had. But you would say it was kind of an upgrade. Maybe sort of in a way, but not really. Everybody thought that Neil O'Donnell was better than what he really was. After signing the biggest free agent contract, he went winless before his season ended because of an injury the Jets ended up finishing 1-15 the league's worst record at the time who could have thought that O'Donnell was going to do this they said since they were the New York Titans they didn't see a worse team O'Donnell wasn't mobile he couldn't find his way out of the pocket if there was no walls you pressure him you make your move He'll fall, he'll fall. He he wasn't tough. He wasn't tough at all. He didn't really know how to play the game. He lasted all but two seasons in with New York. 
Bill Parcells decided to kick him to the curb before the 98 season. It wasn't a good signing. He didn't make the Jets any better. They were horrible, but he didn't really have any help. I don't know if I could say he had no coaching. He had Parcells, but but you look at a quarterback supposed to take average, mediocre talent and make a good team, but he did get a nice payday out of it. Yo, this is your boy Mikey. Don't forget, coming soon, check out New England Patriots Sports Rundown podcast available on Anchor. Make sure you subscribe and leave an Apple review to that shit. You're listening to your boy Mikey and this is Can We Keep It Real? Thank you, man. Welcome back. And what do you think about what I have so far for the worst free agent signings, if you're even still with me listening? Let me know. Hit me up. Hit the bell button. Hit the like button. Go to Apple iTunes. Leave a review. I don't care if it's a shitty review. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But let's get back to the worst free agent signings of all times. I I really had to put Andre Risen on this list. Another Cleveland team. Andre Ryden. It was a real bad signing. I think they were mad because that was the worst thing Art Modell did before he took the team out of Cleveland in 95. But the Browns were contenders because we know Belichick was on the team. But Andre Risen became the highest paid receiver in NFL history at the time with $17 million. Art Modell, people around him told him that Andre Risen was going to be the final piece of his puzzle. It was going to be the team that puts Cleveland on the roadmap to the future. But were they going to be surprised? They were hoping with the addition of a player like Andre Risen that they would be able to go to the Super Bowl. They would be able to lift the Lombardi Trophy. Imagine if that would have happened. Belichick's legacy with what happened now. and But that's how it all worked out for Bill. But Andre Risen, not so well. I mean, Aunt Modell said to sign this man that he had to go around to different banks just to be able to get the signing bonus to pay him. Aunt Modell would regret going to all them banks getting this money. That interview when Aunt Modell said that, oh, experts told me that this guy could be as good as Jerry Rice. I mean, their, their heads must have started spinning. Andre Risen. In Atlanta was a very good player. He was fast. He can get off the the line, but but Ryzen proved to be not anywhere good as Jerry Rice. There was joking they called him Minute Rice in Cleveland, but in one year in Cleveland, Andre Ryzen failed to pass fifty passes. By the next season, he'll be in Jacksonville and Cleveland. Don't even have a pro football team at this time. And the Ravens are on their way to a Super Bowl. But Ryzen, what I remember of him, dropping a lot of passes. Couldn't make a catch. He couldn't, I mean, he played good in Atlanta. But maybe after he got his big payday, he bounced. He said, I'm good. He couldn't do it in Cleveland. He couldn't get it done. Andre Ryzen with the Falcons. Wasn't the same 
Andre Risen outside in Cleveland. Sometimes playing inside is great. Sometimes playing outside is a little different, but he was a big friggin' distraction. He was in the news for shit that was going on off the field. He couldn't stay out of trouble. Do you remember his girlfriend setting his house on fire? He spent a year with Cleveland, got a shitload of money, and then he disappeared. And then before you know it, he's in the Super Bowl. Only in Cleveland do you have a Pro Bowl player go there, don't do anything, and then end up getting a Super Bowl ring with the Packers. The Raiders, Super Bowl MVP. Larry Brown was probably never a real good cornerback. He wins a Super Bowl. How about Larry Brown? He received two awesome interceptions that were thrown right to him. He couldn't miss them if if he stood still. He just had to put his damn hands out. I mean, two. One with Dallas and then one with the Packers, but... You look at these two Super Bowl MVPs, Larry Brown. I remember Neil O'Donnell throwing like two balls right to him. I think it was the Cowboys versus the Steelers Super Bowl. The following year, the Raiders gives him $12 million contract, Larry Brown. The Raiders must have thought he was something. He really was just your average player, but he did have the Super Bowl MVP. The Raiders gave him all types of friggin' money thinking that he was going to be something really, really special. They thought he was going to be a guy that you could put on your defense and right away, like a Ty Law, your defense is better. But it didn't work out. But that was the worst possible team, man-to-man coverage, and he wasn't that kind of player. Larry Brown was really more of a zone player. I think he only started one game for Oakland. After two seasons, he was released. So $12 million, two seasons. Oakland gave him all this money. He couldn't play. I mean, he went to Oakland and he got sucked right into the black hole of friggin' nothingness like really goes on in Oakland. I mean, I remember it very well, 1996. The Patriots and Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl. Desmond Howard gets that friggin' punt return. He's gone. I mean, he was really a thorn in my side that season. 99-yard kickoff return. The Raiders ended up giving him a blockbuster deal in 1997. Desmond Howard was on three different teams before the Oakland signed him. He only had one year with more than 300 yards receiving. I don't even know how the Raiders thought that went from team to team and was always a return specialist. How did they think he was going to be the magic answer? They give him all that money and thinking he's going to be something more than a return specialist. All he ever was was a return specialist. The best was when Desmond Howard was going for the uh, was going for the to catch the punt and he friggin' let it tipped off his fingers and the Kansas City um, player ended up picking it up and running it right in for a touchdown. Classic. Oakland ended up going four and twelve that season and Desert Brown, like Larry Izzo, never really delivered for Oakland. So we had Larry Brown, 
Desmond Howard back-to-back Raiders, like, really? I think Al Davis ended up taking whoever the Super Bowl MVP was. Look, he took Larry Brown and Desmond Howard. How about Alvin Hopper, Tampa Bay Bucks? He gave them Pat. He paid him. Tampa Bay, he was supposed to be the man. He was supposed to be the one. Expectations were so high for him. They thought that he was going to be the resurrection. I don't even know if he did anything right for Tampa Bay that season. One of NFL's greatest dynasties is the component of Alvin Hopper, another one of my worst free agent signing of all times. But you wonder, because you watch some of the Dallas Cowboys um, tapes on Alvin Hopper, and the dude could ball. It was night and day. I mean, he would go up there, and he would look like a Randy Moss catching that ball. Between this boy's run and his high jump, he's got to be easily be able to high jump seven feet without a doubt right fast as a friggin animal in 92 and 93 alvin hopper he ended up catching a late pass in both them to clinch a game so he'll always be famous there dallas won two rings in the early 90s in 95, Hopper was picked up by Tampa Bay with a four-year contract worth $10.6 million. Alvin Hopper took the money, and he got injured. He didn't even get a chance to get on the field. Tampa Bay writes a big check thinking this is going to be a guy that's going to change their fortune. He ended up being a big bust. They ended up getting beat for the money that they gave this guy. He was definitely not the same person that he was when he was a Dallas Cowboy. When he came to Tampa, I think they thought he was going to change the way that they were coaching him. He thought he would go to Tampa and end up being a number one receiver in the NFL. Al Hopper was a classic number two receiver, but then going into a number one spot, it's not the same. You don't have Michael Irvin next to you to cut the coverage off the top. He only lasted two seasons in Tampa. I mean, he already had his two Super Bowl rings by then, and now Tampa Bay gave him the money. So he got the money. He already had his two Super Bowl rings. So I think he was pretty much done at that point. But that really got to be close to being the worst of all time free agent signings. I battled with this in number one, but number one of all signing... And the number one worst NFL free agent signing of all times. I don't know if you could give it to a player. I think this situation, you got to give it to an entire organization. Thanks for listening. And if you're still with me, leave a review at Apple iTunes. Can we keep it real? Thanks for listening. It's your boy Mikey and we out. This last team... My opinion, can we keep it real? Yo, if any, if you guys are still with me listening, thank you very much. And here we are at number one of the worst free agent signings of all times. And this is a special one. Really, it's got to go to the whole damn team. A whole damn organization. No team has spent more money in free agent and got less in return than the Washington Redskins. Dana Stubblefield... 
The list goes on of players. Dana Stubblefield, Deion Sanders, Antoine Randall-L. How about bringing in bad boy Bruce Smith from the Buffalo Bills? That didn't work. Let's bring in Jeff George from the Oakland Raiders and see if he could throw the ball. Nope, that didn't work either. Steve Spurrier brings in, comes in. London Fletcher. Year after year, they would sign the guys that were ready to about to be retired. They would overpay them. The Redskins had, like, in 2000, they overpaid for two stars, Bruce Smith, Deion Sanders. They really signed pretty much anybody that was on the old pro team that would come into play. Deion Sanders had a toe issue. Bruce Smith had a, to try to get a sack. He wanted them 99 sacks. Jeff George got cut the next season, starting quarterback. Adam Archuleta signing. I mean, they had Ryan Clark on their team, who was already better. So my number one, look at Albert Hainsworth. $100 million deal. Is he worth it? He wanted it. Daniel Snyder gave him the money. What did he get in return? I mean, here's a guy that's on the ground. He don't even get up and continue to chase Michael Vick. Albert Hainsworth got his money. He didn't want to play. He didn't care. He wouldn't run sprints. He would give up. He didn't want to run. He didn't even want to do the fitness test. But they gave him $100 million. So Washington Redskins, since the original first time Joe Gibbs, they haven't really been any good winning games. The Hainsworth really put the Redskins like for the worst offseason, worst free agent signing of all time. But the Redskins, this shit just started to break down. Deion Sanders started breaking down. Like, I don't know with the with their owner Schneider. I don't think they'll ever win a championship again. They make too many mistakes signing free agents. So I would have to give it to the whole organization and Albert Hainsworth for the worst NFL free agent signings. That was kind of tough. It's your boy Mikey. Thank you for listening to Can We Keep It Real. But you know what? You look at the NFL and finding a free agent isn't, they don't have it down to a T. Sometimes a piece here, that don't mean it's going to work here. But thanks for listening to Can You Keep It Real. This is your boy, Mikey, man. Coming soon, we'll have more NFL news, daily New England Patriot updates. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to go to Apple iTunes and leave a review. I'm out. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Can We Keep It Real. This is the second segment of two parts. If you didn't hear the first one, go back and check it out. I'm up to 94 episodes. Thank you, people, for being with me. Thank you for clicking on. Thank you for listening. Please check out our other page coming soon, New England Patriots Sports Rundown. Let me know how you like it. Let me know how you feel. I'm really trying to work my ass to bring these episodes to you, laugh at me or not, whatever, man. And um, keep it real. Keep it popping all the time. Can we keep it real? On Apple iTunes and available now on seven, yes, seven platforms. Thank you very much.